Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome to Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. We actually got the whole crew. I don't know. This is a it's it's September 22nd when we're recording this 725 <laughs> and I can't remember the last time all four of us were together it's been I don't know it's just been summertime you know we've just been living life so it's crazy out here. what's good fellas we how outside. you guys been we outside we outside <laughs> you know I'm outside I'm inside yeah. everywhere <laughs> I was just gonna say this is a day after Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, but this feels closer to the Beatles getting back together for one last show. So uh, yeah, the fabulous foursome from all parts of America are ready to rock and cop. Oh, and to clarify, this nice. is not the last time all four of us are getting together. <laughs> but <laughs> true, true, very true. That is a really, really good analogy. I am definitely Ringo. Then <laughs> no, sir. Uh, here, here we go. Right, I got it. I am Ringo. Nick is John, you are Paul, and Mike is George. I was like, I didn't know who the fourth Beatle was. I'm like, Costanza? I, I was like, hmm, who's <laughs> the kidding. fourth Beatle? <laughs> no, I mean, because Nick and Robbie are the heart and the soul of this podcast. Mike is the very nice, very quiet, talented, brilliant one. And I'm just here for the ride. I've got a five letter <laughs> name that starts up. with R. <laughs> Like every now and then I get like an octopus's garden in there. We're like, okay, we'll give Ro it like five minutes this episode, but really it's you three. <laughs> if the letters fit, you must have quit. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, I would buy, I would, I would buy a, uh, an octopus's garden row it album. Just so you know, like a full album of you just off the cuff is, would Boom. be oh, like, and you a can do that every Sunday, listening to the exhaust notes podcast, <laughs> also starring Nick Engvall. There we go. That's my shameless plug. Look at that. I love that plug. That was perfect. Perfect. Plug. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like so if this hairline. is, Ooh, he lost it though. He's, he's joined a club with no hair. Yeah. I mean, we might have to talk about that a little bit, but if this is your first time tuning in, watching or listening, this is a sneaker history podcast. We drop new episodes at least every Monday, sometimes every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday, but at least every Monday. And it's a mix of all four of us chopping it up. But also we do some interviews. If you haven't listened to Robbie's interview with Casper Capetti from on, it's a couple episodes back. It's incredible um, just to be able to have that kind of insight from somebody who's created a brand that's basically blown up. But not to gas up Robbie too much. It's our. It's going to be a long show, so we got to we got to spread that out. <laughs> Plus, I know I know Mike's got some rocking and copping that's going to make me want to quit this podcast too. Uh, I wasn't going to so do it, but we'll, I was we'll, like, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> got to do it to him. 
gotta do it. Yeah, do it, Mike. Yoko. Why don't you go ahead and lead off then? <laughs> Which I sweep the leg. Yeah, start us <laughs> off, Mike. And I, well, I guess I'll start off super light because I didn't go anywhere today but the gym. So start light with my Reebok uh, Nano X2s. These have been the go-to workout shoe. Nothing fancy, uh, but that's been the rocking. But the copping is the is the thing that I, I have to be proud of, and I probably will never wear because they're just. I feel like I have to put them in a glass case, but as the uh, Reebok was nice enough to send me a pair of the one in 100 uh, Panini uh, Blue Dazzle Prism like flip they did on AI's Denver uh, Denver Question PE back from 2007. And it's just, dude, it's, it's sick, man. It's all done in that metallic Denver blue and gold. And it has like a raised vector logo. It has Panini going down the sides. Uh, Panini Prism on the back, ice blue uh, vector logos. Even like, if you I don't know if you even see inside, but like the Panini car branding inside of it. And That's it dope. came with two one in one hundred cards as well from Panini that I need to go ahead and just get them bad boys graded and put away. Razzle so. dazzle, baby. Razzle dazzle, son. <laughs> How are you gonna rip it like this, Mike? I mean, and like a great panini, those are extra crispy. So well done. Sir. Oh, th- thank you, thank you. Look at that. You can go twofold there. Crispy card, crispy sandwich. What you got? <laughs> Who wants to go next? What you got, Rowan? Uh, for my rocking, I call these my olive Lamborghinis, aka the Flyies. That nice. I'm doing a terrible job nice. showing them, but my goodness, this is the spiritual successor to the Roshi in my mind because it is hella comfortable. It's got that iguana hint, and then I snap open like that, son. Like that. Yep. Actually, and it's really cool. It's really popular. They have been sold out for a while. So if you can get your hands on these, by all means do it. Because there's nothing more therapeutic than a grown-ass man not knowing how to tie his uh, shoelaces and living his best life because of that now. Because this makes it super easy. And then what I copped, uh, I think like most of us in the fall season – Fire Red 3s. Thank Lovely. you, Uncle Phil, for half off nice. pricing. And then the Luca El Matador, because Dang. he's been killing me in the Euro nice. So I like those. Yeah. Just just light flexes. And then hopefully this time next week, we will all have our hands on some LeBron 20s because I think I know speaking with Mike, we are both making room in our respective collections just to get at least three pairs. So trying to. Robbie, how about you or Nick? Who wants to go next? I'll go after you show those matadors again. You, you you were so quick with it, like a matador, just right out of there. Oh, like. Those are those are super cool. Yeah, those are impractical. Those are so nice. That's art Slight, at that point. I just wish the packaging was a little bit more flashy as well, because this is a beautiful shoe. So, yeah, is that a casual deserves- wear for you, or only on a court? Uh, I have to get back on the court to justify it. So yeah, probably on the court. And then I will promptly roll my ankle while <laughs> using my three inch vertical to secure a rebound. And that'll, that'll be the end of my pickup career. One more time. One more shot. Row it three inches, three inches is enough. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Those work really Bobby. well, both in like a Spanish, like Spain setting and like a lunar new year type setting. That's yeah. what you can I go a lot of different well. ways. I like it. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, you know, similar, same but different to row it. Um, uh, I wore the 2010 cool gray 11s today. Um, because in our Discord, we had a theme Thursday of shoes, um, more than 10 years old. And 
time flies when you're having fun forgot these were 12 years old and then i also realized the cats got to the laces a little bit oh, damn um, so, he said forget you and your shoe bro it'll happen yeah the, the laces <laughs> are the only thing that, that can fall victim but i mean for being 12 years old these bad boys aren't yellowing too bad um they feel really good they're sturdy comfortable a pair of broken in 11s is a powerful thing a pair of are you are you things. a bigger fan of that version or the newer version with the, the blue icy outsole man yeah higher cut when i personally like to, those better Same. yeah no when it comes to the cool grays i like that cut more i think wore my concords yesterday and with the higher cut and i like the way the black has more space to contrast Dang, with the white but the cool green material yeah i mean i haven't worn 11s in so long it's like oh you know what i'm just gonna wear a couple pairs and like i was trying to say like an, a worn pair of 11s delicious a brand new pair of 11s painful so like all mine are pretty well broken in and they feel good um nice. and then when it comes to coppin you know these block boys over here uh shaq shaquille o'neal i want those <laughs> I want them, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> the biggest uh, shoe on earth. Like this is a size ten. It feels like yeah. a size thirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Beast. Like, uh, have you tried them on yet? Are they true to size, Mike? I know you put a Dude, video out. So I probably super. Yeah, they're, su- they're super true to size. Yeah. Even though it look like my foot would be swimming halfway through, they fit true to size. Just there's a lot of extra bumper space for everything else. Yeah, I mean that's just that shoe is just so like. Quit. Uh, it, it's the color yeah. blocking for me. It it's was like, so nice. The model's great. But just the aqua with the blue, or the aqua blue with the black and white is just so yeah. 1992. It's it's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. Nick, let's go ahead and segue into yours. I mean, yeah. So this is a recent pickup. Shout out to Reebok for sending this my way. Um, this is actually, I think, like the most representative shoe of 1992. Like Sha- Shaq... At that time, right? I was talking to MLP. If you're not in our Discord, you you should you probably see I reposted him on the sneaker history account today, but did a little thing talking about how important the shoe was. Pulled out the size twenty samples from from ninety two, and we were talking a little bit about it. And I think that part of it is like that bulkiness of shoes to me was such a crazy era, and like I love that. Mm-hmm. But at that at that moment, like. I don't want to say that like we anybody was over Jordan, but Jordan had had such a run that yeah. nobody like there were players that had signature shoes. There there were great shoes between like let's say eighty eight, eighty nine, and ninety two, but like nobody had the wow factor that Shaq had. You know, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like gonna... you, you, like nowadays, right? You have you have like you know it took Ja Morant a little bit of time to come into his own in the league. It's it's Zion had the hype, but then had his injury or his, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, like didn't t- take off that first year. Shaq came in and dominated. Plus he was such a personality that all the commercials for everything that was Reebok, Pepsi, you know, like that famous line of like, all I want to do is, you know, dr- wear Reeboks, drink Pepsi and play basketball. Right. <laughs> and it's like, as a kid, you were just like, oh, my God, this guy's just like the most amazing person ever. Not to mention that, like, that commercial of, like, uh, you know, what's the password? Don't fake the funk mm-hmm. on a nasty dunk. And you see all the legends. It was like, wait, all these old legends are co-signing this kid? You know, like, as a 
13 year old, I was just like, this is yes. Taco Bell. This is like the man. Yeah, exactly. Taco Bell too, right? Yeah. David Robinson and him on a bike. Yeah, it was just wild times. But no, I was going to say, um, Nick, the closest thing I could think of in recent memory was that Steph Curry breakthrough year where it was just yeah. we kept seeing Nike signature athletes pick a guy, Kobe, Kyrie, Kevin, LeBron. And then all of a sudden you had this guy similar to Shaq where we hadn't seen a shooting display or a skill set like that in so long. And mm-hmm. I think that added to the hype. Now, one thing I will say to your point, Nick, I don't think Steph got the legendary buy-in the way Shaq did. And I think Shaq is inherently one of the most charismatic people ever to get in front of a camera. But it is one of those sea change moments where you're like, hey, we kind of have to go with this because we don't know where it's going to end up. And the journey is what's exciting all of us in this moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's kind of interesting. So uh, now that you said that, do you guys think that I say this as a as as a old man in this sneaker game but i almost feel like lamello has that and it's just like a complete miss for anyone that's like 33 and older or something you know it's like everyone that's in their young 20s is like (laughs) but you know what i mean it's like everyone that's like really like closer to his age is obsessed with him like people are buying the shoes people are like you know flaunting it the way he does in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and i think like that's a really interesting like it's harder now than it was then right like to to your point about steph like steph had some really incredible moments i was looking at the the curry two chefs right where it's like it's an all-white sneaker and it was made fun of because it was an all-white sneaker as a dad shoe and then like three years later every person on the internet was trying to flex in monarchs and you're just like so wait, weird isn't place that the same world is isn't that the same like okay never mind let's just keep going but you know it's 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 such a hard it's a hard thing to break through right like yep. you know we all want to see you know like luca pe's you know like that's that's mm-hmm. exciting to me i mean i'm definitely looking forward to whatever jaws shoe looks like i'm looking forward to kind of you know uh like some of the other like puma athletes that might come up and like you know like but like zion for instance the perfect recipe of him on court and the new shoe and the the second shoe and like kind of telling that story further Shaq never had that injury and even mj had that second year injury of like you know things kind of fell off he started you know like he didn't wear the two near as much maybe he you know like there's all these variables that come into play and yeah like now we also see everything so far in advance that it's just really hard to even think about somebody like almost like surprisingly show up on the, on the scene with new sneakers. Right. Yeah. It comes down to having quality footwear. The reason why Shaq still resonates and has a 30th anniversary is because the footwear was great and didn't have everything you just listed. LaMelo also hasn't had that injury and the footwear is really phenomenal. So it's like Mm -hmm. things have to match up and kids are always going to want what's cool kind of to segue to our our main topic of what we wore as kids i think a a theme between a lot of us is there is a point in where you were not wearing anything cool even though you saw these people (laughs) i specifically remember seeing iversons as and kobe's like the the adidas kobe stuff and alan iverson they marketed those so well to young to if you want to be hip get the kobe you want to be hip get the iverson and I didn't even know what the shoes were called or even particularly what brand they were. I I just knew I wanted the Kobe shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So like my, my big jumping off and we were talking about it before we started recording is 
kids nowadays really don't know kids who like shoes, who like, you know, want the Steph Curry. They, they want the Giannis. Uh, they don't know what it's like to not really be able to have an opportunity to get that shoe. Finance is barring, right? But what I'm saying is, like, you can find a Giannis on sale, you know, the shoes are just so much easier to get. And the shoes were easy to get back then, but your parents weren't buying them for you. Now they're easy to get, and your the parents our age know what's up. But when we were growing up, I'll start it off. I wore black airwalks in like elementary school a lot. It's like the all black vulcanized yeah. rubber sole airwalks. And that was the option. And one star chucks, um, Converse. Because yeah, yeah. like you can get one stars for twenty five dollars. And you get those airwalks for about 25 bucks. So I never knew, oh man, like what the Kobe felt like. I I never, my parents didn't care enough to seek that shoe like Rowett does now and Mike does now and many parents in the sneaker community like seek that for their kids. (laughs) So try not to create monsters. That was my first not cool situation. (laughs) Where does everybody kind of else kind of pop off with their earliest not cool shoe memories? So quote unquote not cool. When I was uh, young, well, the youngest I remember is my my first Jordan was when I was like five. It was a Jordan ten, the the uh, the stealth. But as my foot got bigger, shoes got more expensive, and I had siblings. My parents were like, yeah, no, no, we're not doing that Jordan thing right now. You good? Uh, so I mean, I was not a uh, not a stranger to the. Uh, to good old Skechers, uh, I definitely rocked Skechers hard at a certain point, like like middle school area, uh, and then, you know what? Also, the Nike Dunk that was I mean it'd be cool now, but back then it probably wasn't the coolest thing. But the Nike Dunk Dunk sport wear, I remember it matched my school uniform. It was white with blue accents, warm to the ground, uh, but it was just things on sale. Like I was a big, I think we talked about it a lot, but. I was always a big proponent of the with a foot action, going back to school, like two for 80 or whatever it was. You get like a shell toe and I don't know, pick your poise, like a Dada or something like that. And one like I love that. Like I remember I got my like Thai cheese is like a black and gray pair uh, for like like 50 bucks. Like after like they kind of fizzled out a little bit. It was well after Vince Carter did the dunk, but I finally got a pair after the fact. But man, I when I skateboarded, Airwalks and Payless were the were the joints because my parents weren't buying like the DCs or everybody wanted soaps. Remember, you could have the grind pad in the soaps. And my parents were like, yeah, we're not buying you a hundred dollars yeah. shoe to blow out on the skateboard. <laughs> so let's go hit that. Uh, get some Airwalks to son. break your neck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I know for me, especially around middle school era, that was the big CCS time where it's like mm. everybody I knew that was cool had the CCS catalog. And even if you weren't a skater, you kind of had to talk yourself into, okay, what's your shoe? <laughs> and I just remember being enamored with, I think it was a Chad Muskus sneaker that had the pocket in the tongue. And I was like, yep. yeah, that's what I would do. I'm a skater. That's where I would put my grind tape and axles and lug nuts and Johnson rods and kid, all that man. stuff. <laughs> like a black and decker warehouse in there but anyway we digress in that but you keep your johnson rod out of my shoes sir (laughs) sir sir this is a hr violation this is what happens when all four of us are back together again it just turns into a game of who can i make laugh who's getting fired first today also one of those 
Yeah. It's also one of those things as well, where it's like first generation immigrant. So we just knew that coming into America, Nike was one of those things that let you know that you were here. But with that came a substantial price point as well. So it was a lot of Payless. It was a lot of Spider-Man branded shoes or Goosebump branded shoes or just pick your favorite generic 90s Saturday morning cartoon shoe. And then we certain we hit certain financial plateaus where we first got our green card. So that meant, okay, we can now go to the Nike outlet store, but we can only go to the back and make sure like get something off the hash wall. And then once we figured out that, okay, we're here to stay with the green card and we applied for the citizenship, then we stayed in the outlet store, but now it was okay to walk the aisle. So that's where I fell in love with the Airjet Flight Max because I saw it in our local outlet in St. Louis suburb. And then for us, once we got the official citizenship, that was the first day my dad took my brother and I to the Foot Locker. And to Mike's point, they had a sale of buy two, get three. And also to what Nick had kind of alluded to and Robbie as well of like, at the time, as a kid that was falling in love with basketball, there was nobody cooler on this earth than Jason Williams. And if I saw that Jason Williams had a shoe, best believe at least two out of my three pairs were going to be dedicated to white chocolate, aka e-boy, <laughs> because that man, un- awoke this love of basketball that I have that connects me to the three of you, as well as my love for sneakers. And one other thing is just paying homage because this is sneaker history. Just the fact that sometimes you got to let your parents in on the celebration. So my dad was very fascinated by the Reebok pumps that I think retroed in 2001 or 2002. Mm -hmm. And so that was my third pair because if for no other reason, I wanted to acknowledge my dad that, hey, you brought me here literally, metaphorically, (laughs) physically. You can go ahead and take one of my three. And I just remember him anytime like I would leave the room and I'd creep back in and see, I would just see that man pumping his shoe like this. Like, what is this? Is this working? Why are we doing (laughs) this? Awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, man. I I uh I think what like the the earliest memories for me of of like kind of back to school stuff. Um so so we we just always had like the $30 budget and uh you know, up until basically 7th and 8th grade, I would get like I, I mean, I had like a a pair of uh kind of like all maroon forum lows that were like you know they were like 25 bucks on sale someplace um i I wore a lot of reebok classics like the nylons i I wore a lot of cortezes because those were always 29.99 back then and you know it was like well that's a brand name so i would rather have the brand name than the the pay less stuff that i was getting Mm -hmm. and then i definitely had a, a bunch of airwalks and some some like uh uh, vision streetwear like they look like the chucks that they did way back mm-hmm. in the 80s you know yeah i mean i can't even remember that model name at this point i actually they retroed maybe like 10 years ago and i i got a retro pair and i was like how did i ever like <laughs> anyway like um but seventh and eighth grade so like that 30 dollar budget for me and i've probably if you know me you've probably heard this story because it's it's basically what got me hooked on this stuff is like the Ultra Force. I, I had wanted something with Nike Air, right? Of course, you wanted any anybody at that time that had Nike Air with a visible air bubble. You know, this is eighty eight, eighty nine ish. Um, you know, kind of looking at like the Jordan Three, the Jordan Four, Air Max One, Air Max Ninety. We're we're in that era, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those are way out of any kind of price range. Like I am not coming close to any of those with $30. <laughs> and I convinced my mom through seventh and eighth grade that if I bought one pair of shoes for two school years, I could spend 60 bucks. 
And I end up getting like the white, gray, and kind of like a navy, dark blue uh, Ultra Force. Wasn't a visible air unit, but it was Nike Air on the back and on the outsole. I mean, I remember just like staring at those shoes for hours, just like, oh my God, the outsole says Nike Air. Like, I wanted to just go stand in some dirt to to see the imprint of the shoes. Like, that's how big of a deal it was for me at that time. Because for for years leading up to that, my brother and I would spend hours drawing shoes. We like like you know he's a much better artist than me, and I'm nowhere even close to an artist. So like I would love to see what he would do, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm drawing, yeah, like <laughs> I'm drawing. I'm just watching what he's doing. You know? um, but but that was like the way that we you know got our shoes is like we would draw them. You know, we would draw like Hirachi Air Max One hybrids before they became a thing because we were just like, oh, this piece is really cool. Let's put this on this. But the Ultra Force, my mom actually went for the two year thing. Uh think about a kid at, you know, seventh, eighth grade, playing basketball, skateboarding, BMX, living in Colorado at that time, playing in the snow, playing football in the snow, like Baseball, like you name it, I was doing it. And I'm wearing the shoes daily for school. Going to the, we lived, you know, like I did like the grocery store runs back then for the family. So I'd walk to the grocery store and come back. And like those shoes were the smelliest shoes. Like I can like close my eyes and and like feel the smell oh, in God. my nose still because it's so <laughs> bad. Right. So I was doing everything I could. There was no like washing machine cleaners or something, yeah. but I would throw them in the washer and try it. Right. Of course, that would beat him up. My mom would take me to, uh, I forget the name of the craft store that we would go to, but there was a craft store that would have paint that was supposed to be for shoes Mm -hmm. and stuff, right? It wasn't just like, I tried the shoe polish from like Target, right? And it's like, you know, it's like white shoe polish and it's like, it just, it's terrible, right? It just, it doesn't cover anything unless you absolutely cake it on. Made that mistake, went back, cleaned it, got new paint, got like mixed paint to match the gray, when it, when the, the midsole started fading and then about like maybe like a month into eighth grade, the bubble finally like went out on one of them and it just squeaked all the time. It's like, but it was like, it was like literally like a dog toy, like a, a squeaker <laughs> when I'd step, it was so bad. So like, of course, after that, you know, like you're thinking like you're so cool because you got these shoes on and, and I kept them as clean as possible. They still smelled terrible. But like, you know, you're a year and a half into wearing these shoes as a kid. And I basically like I I got so frustrated with the sound after a, a week or two that I came home and like punctured it completely so I could just not have the sound. And then I was like, well, what if I could put like hot glue in this? Let me just put hot glue in the air bubble. That'd be cool. Didn't work. I basically tried everything to keep those shoes alive. I did wear them for both seventh and eighth grade, but they were so destroyed by the time that was over. But like that's and at that time, you know, it's devastating as a kid to have like the oldest shoes in the neighborhood. Right. Or the oldest shoes at school that are just beat up as clean as you could keep them. I'm doing all these things like you could still see the creases. Like I remember trying to like almost like paint the white over the creases. So, it, so the creases wouldn't show as much you a and they look fresh, but Oh, they were terrible, man. They were terrible. I mean, I, I, I like, there are times when I think like, I wonder if that's like in my mom's attic or something, you know, like are those anywhere Yo, to be found? Not. But we for sure probably threw them out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I love, I love my mom, but she, she definitely keeps a lot of memories that we should let go of. So, um, 
but that was kind of like the first of it all, you know, it just, it just, it was like so powerful in my life because it was that era of like, you know, the shack attacks, right. Mm -hmm. That's the same, right around the same time, you know, like a couple of years later, I'm seeing that I'm seeing, you know, pennies and, and, you know, all the Jordan line, obviously. And then, then you start to see like the colors that pop up that like people don't see, Mm -hmm. like now we see everything. But like back then it was such a different, a different time because to Robbie's point, like the the sneakers are normalized and it's from a parental standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Back then, like, I mean, my, my, I know my stepdad like actually laughed when I asked for Jordans at a hundred dollars, you know, it was like, I, it, it was like a joke, you know? And my mom was like always a Michael Jordan fan. And like, you know, it was a little more understanding about like why we were obsessed and yeah. like wanted the shoes but it was still just like so far out of any feasible spend for us as a family that like, you know, coming like kind of always having that chase and that it's trying to attain that. Okay. Time out. Did you know that we have an entire network of podcasts? That's right. It's called the retrospect podcast network. And it includes a number of shows that you might like if you're enjoying this one. First up is for the F1 fans. Exhaust notes is a formula one podcast. That's the perfect balance for the new fans joining the sport and the tried-and-true diehard F1 fans who've been there all along. New episodes of Exhaust Notes drop every Tuesday on all of your favorite podcast platforms and at exhaustnotes.fm. We've also got a show for the fitted hat collectors out there called Crown & Stitch. As a baseball fan, I've been obsessed with hats for as long as I can remember, and the number of people collecting now has gone through the roof. It reminds me of sneakers back in the day, and I absolutely love seeing creativity of the new releases. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode of Crown & Stitch on all of your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube at youtube.com slash crownandstitch. If you follow me personally on social platforms at Nick Engvall, you probably already know I first dipped my toes in the podcast game back in 2015 with a show called Outside the Box. Originally hosted by my friends Brandon Edler and Jacques Slade, it eventually evolved into a show with Tiffany Beers, Jacques Slade, and myself, and then into an interview series with some amazingly creative guests. While the show has gone through a lot of changes throughout the years and it's currently on hiatus, A lot of people have been enjoying past episodes recently, and I'm excited to say I have new episodes in the works for the new year. We'll be adding new podcasts to the Retrospect Network in the coming months as well. In fact, if you'd like to advertise on any of the shows, be a guest on any of the shows, or even talk to us about getting your own podcast started, reach out to us at podcast at sneakerhistory.com and find out more about the podcast network at retrospectpodcast.com. Stuff really just fueled me like once I started working and started making money, you know, so... You had no I, I think, uh yeah. to be like, yeah. let them have the shoes or like, these are cool or I like these. Like, Mike, you're, yep. you're, I mean, you, both of you dads are kind of digging yourself a hole. There's going to be a day when one of your children say, <laughs> I want these shoes. And they, and you say no. And they're going to look at your feet and be like, oh, bro, what's up? Why though? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, it won't even be shoes, Robbie. It'll just be whatever they're into. Like if they're into whatever the 2040 version of Beanie Babies is or NFTs or books, and they're going to be like, old man, you have 200 books. You have 100 pair of sneakers. Don't get at me about being a niche collector. Yeah. So that is, yeah, we are, we reap what we sow. And it's going to be one of those come to row it moments where I'm going to be like, Oh geez, what's going on? What have I done with my life? I should have invested in stocks, but right. Yeah. Where we are. Yeah. I'm in the so same even like, boat. Look at- no, go ahead, Mike. No, so I'm in the same boat. I kind of look around. I'm like, Oh look, there's shoes, there's comic books, there's toys. I'm like, 
Yeah, I can't win for losing. Like, they're like, uh, sir, no, you, you stop buying it, or we're getting one too. It's gonna be a wrap one day. But, I mean, <laughs> what's the yeah. next question I kind of have for everybody? Kind of a shorter question, but you know, nowadays I'm obsessed with Air Force Ones, and when I was in high school, middle school, I did not like Air Force Ones at all. Like, there's no interest at all. They sat too too bulkily. The outsole was just too thick, too high up. I didn't like wearing them. Or a lot of free runs at that time. Retrospect, probably should have bought some of those Air Forces. But so what what are <laughs> shoes that you like now that you when you were younger, say anytime between middle school and high school, you thought were stupid or you didn't like them. And now you're like, oh yeah, things rock. The Jordan 15. So I'm looking at Air Force ones. I, oh, 15. Jordan 15. I didn't like it so much when it first came out. Um that was probably partially because it was like I knew there was no chance of ever getting them. So it was like I just had to make myself not like them. And I didn't like them for a while, actually, until probably recently. I think they did a retro not too long ago. It's like the white navy pair. It's like these may actually be the worst Jordans ever, but they're not terrible. And I've just always been intrigued by them. I still haven't got a pair to this point. But if they ever came back and they were like 100 bucks, I, I would definitely actually try them out now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I, I was like kind of into the 15 when it came out, and then I quickly got over it because I just never bought, I never got a pair, and it was like this. By the time the 16 came out, I thought the 15 was corny, yeah. but then like later, like many years later, I actually got a pair at a thrift store for six dollars on a 50 percent off Tuesday. I paid three dollars for a pair of that white and and obsidian yeah. 15. Um, and yeah, it, it it definitely has grown on me. I think that's a shoe that like it, it's it's so polarizing in a lot of ways because in the Jordan line, it's not the most attractive, right? Yeah. Outside of the Jordan line, and like especially for me, like when I see it with like maybe like some track pants or some baggy sweats or something where you're covering the top a little bit, and it looks like fresh off the court, you know, like I'm thinking like tearaways or something that to me looks so dope. Yeah. Like that shoe looks so dope. It's, it's not just the top and the tongue and that, that I don't, I don't, I don't dislike that as much as I did at one point, but just, I think it looks, it looks fast. It looks yeah. like movement on the court or like, you know, some variation of that. So that's definitely one of them. for me. I love your little way to make nice with the 15, People have been ripping up the 37. The 37 has grown on me in the past couple of weeks, just looking at it more and more. So with yeah, time, logo. things change. Ro, what about you? What's the shoe? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I was not as knowledgeable of a sneakerhead as I am now. So my exposure to sneakers was usually through the Kicks magazine, which was Offset of Slam. So I would look at that magazine and be like, these are cool. They're never going to show up in my small town in Missouri. So it was one of those out of sight, out of mind things. Yeah. But then at the same time, when I was able to join Nike, I criminally, and I mean, didn't even think twice, slept on the Kobe four, Kobe five, Kobe six. And then it took the seven of, out of all the Kobe shows for me to be like, these are great. So now when we were in that cycle of retroing what I consider to be the Holy Trinity of Kobe from four, five, six, mm -hmm. I try to make up for as much lost time as I can. And now I'm kicking myself because, you know, we don't even have that option to do Nike ID or Nike by you for Kobe four or five, because at the point I was just like, nah, not for me, not a Kobe guy, hate the Lakers, 
but it's just one of those things that it doesn't matter where you are in your sneakerhead journey. You're going to have that moment where you're just like, oh, I like broccoli now. And in this case, for me, <laughs> broccoli were Kobe Bryant's shoes. It's a perfect analogy. It is good. Yeah. Kobe's was actually kind of that for me, too. Like, as a Kings fan, I wasn't wearing any Kobe's, right? Like, I, I definitely loved the Adidas stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, honestly, like, I, outside of what you call the Holy Trinity, like, the Kobe line was not appealing to me the way that, like, most other Nike basketball shoes were. And part of that is obviously just being a Kings fan. But like the Adidas Kobe stuff, I was like all in on the whole time, right? Even into the weirdness of of the, the <laughs> Audi inspired stuff and like the spaceship looking shoes. The most and- underrated shoe of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's I, I can't I mean, like I don't know if I would ever wear that stuff now to your question, Robbie. Like, you know, I'm so uh, it sounds bad, but I'm so lazy now. Like the Ultra Boost and the NMD ruined my life in a lot of ways. <laughs> You know, I didn't get I didn't get into the Roshi, but like the Roshi would have been that right. Like, you know, this these shoes that like take no effort to slide off and on are more comfortable than any other pair that you have. That's a retro or whatever. Like, you know, it's it's like you mentioned the the 11s. Right. And that break in period for a Jordan 11 doesn't exist when you're getting an Ultra Boost or an NMD or or even like a, a Roshi or like for me, like a Cortez. Right. Like those shoes, you put them on. They feel like as close to a sock as possible, but there's also no support, right? Like if you're doing things in those shoes, it's probably not a good idea to wear those shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you need any kind of, you know, physical activity with those, like I wouldn't think of it in that sense. But I think that's really interesting because the, the Kobe line, especially now has become, it's like come and gone in my like foray of what I'd be excited to wear. Now, if I got, especially a Kobe one. Cause I've never had that shoe. If I got those, I would for sure wear them. You'd see a picture in the discord probably for a few days in a row. Cause I'd be like, finally, you know, but like the visual aesthetic of those shoes back then was like so far outside of the norm that I love them. It's so far outside of the norm now that I'm like, do I really want to bring that much attention to myself? Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not as easy to wear. So, I mean, you brought up a couple things there. Let's end this kind of throwback when we were young questionnaire with what's that shoe that when you look back, it is that formative shoe. And for me, a weird one probably wouldn't think this, but it is the first free run. When the first Nike free run 5.0 came out, I had 3.0, 5.0, I think 7.0. I bought them all. I had never seen the gimmick just rubbed off on me. Like I'd never seen a shoe move like that. I never felt a shoe underneath my feet like that. I have wide flat feet. The base of those shoes are really wide and flat mm-hmm. and flexible. So for my feet, I lived, I had a trail pair with little like grippies on them. Like the free run opened up my mind to like shoes don't have to be like DC's America's vans or like bulky Jordans or leather Nikes. There can be these weird ass things. This thing about the first time listener, you saw a pair of free runs and like, man, what the hell is this? Um, I, what age was this for you? What, what age? I was 15 yeah, and like, okay. you know, 14, 15, I think I, no, I was 15. Yeah. And I was doing marching band at the time. It's uncomfortable. Like to find a pair of shoes, like skateboarding shoes are great for to skateboard in. 
Not tomorrow, Jen. But yeah, and then I like dunks. I was wearing dunks. Like Especially dunks are great gotta to roll, walk in. right? Yeah, you got to roll on your feet. Dunks don't roll. Um, <laughs> so the free run, I literally bought the 5.0 and, and the initial grip, and then I bought the trail pair. Then I got, literally, I think I had four pairs at that time. And for having minimum wage job and not a lot of money, like to get four pairs of the same shoe, it was kind of, that wasn't Vans, right? Like I had a lot of, a lot, a lot of Vans, but those don't count the same way. Like the free run was like a holy shit moment for me. That's interesting. Yeah. Man, I'm thinking uh, now, like I, 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 you guys go, I'm trying to think now what shoe really just like was a game changer. It didn't have to blow your mind technologically like that, but like, yeah, you know, no, what stood, what stands out? I'll give you guys, uh, in this case, Nick and Mike, some more time as I glamp about the Nike Air Flight Posit 3 Battlegrounds Gold. It was just such an off-the-wall shoe. And I just remember, like, my dad, because he's got that mad scientist in him being like, I bet you won't wear these. I'm like, just bring them over. I'm going to wear these. <laughs> wear them. Small town in Missouri. It was just every stuck-up girl that would not date me would just be like, what are you wearing? Why are you wearing that? Like, Ugh. And it's like, yep, this is me now. This is my thing. I like to wear loud, outrageous sneakers because if you are going to make me feel like an outsider, I am going to embrace it the best way that I can. And it's through these flashy sneakers that I know no one within 200 miles of me would be bold enough to wear. And that's kind of that gateway drug. And similar to the story about Nick and smelly sneakers, I remember literally having a game of spy versus spy with my mom where I wore those to the ground. They started to smell. I remember a teacher sending my mom a note saying he cannot wear these sneakers anymore because <laughs> kids are complaining about how smelly they are. And she would literally come up with fake chores for me to get out of my room so she could go in the room, find the sneakers, put them in the garbage bag. And then my brother, shout out to King Malhotra, would tell me, hey, they're in the garbage bag. So then I would use him to run interference while I would pile through the trash like a raccoon, get those out put them under the sink, wash them, and then hide them somewhere in my room. And then that would probably go on for about months. And it was just one of those Dang. things where I'm like, this is this is my initiation as a sneakerhead. It's probably off the beaten path, but that's kind of the joy of this thing. It's like no one sneakerhead moment like this is the same as Mike and Nick will tell you. Yeah, and now I thought about it and I found that moment and it was, I think I was either... I think it might have been 17. Yeah, it was my senior year. And I've always been a huge Pharrell fan, but like like Rowan, I lived in a smaller town, so I didn't see like SBs and stuff like that. And, you know, you get the Jordans, of course, but at that point it was just one of like, eh, uh, you know, I'm not, not paying for that. So I remember going into, I probably told the story before, but I remember going to this uh, foot action we had at our mall that just so happened to be closing down for some reason. It opened back up sometime later, but it was closing down for whatever reason. Walked in, there's this pile of boxes. There's like, there's like going on a business sale. I'm like, oh snap, let's go. I got to go in here. Um, I was making a little money, had my little you know, after school job. Um, and I went in and lo and behold, there's this box of gray and black striped, uh, pile of gray and black striped boxes. And to this young growing sneakerhead, it was a pile of ice cream board flips. Uh, still happen to this day. They're in my closet back there. My oldest shoe I've owned is still there. Those suckers have held up flawlessly. It was the uh, the gray and pink pair, the little ice cream emblem embroidered on the, on the, on the uh, lateral side of each of the heels. And they were marked down to like 15 bucks. 
I kid you not, it was not even a question. I just, whoop, size 10, counter. It was the quickest transaction I've ever made in my life. And I remember wearing them to school. And it was one of those moments like no one, like, knew. you know, you had some kids who, like, knew because they, you know, follow music, follow. But it was one of those things, like, the original, what are those, but in more like a really inquisitive type way, like, yo, where'd you find that at? And I was like, I should have just stocked up on like three, four pairs. Like I, 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 I dude, I just, I love them. I've worn, I still wear them to this day. Uh, just one of the just simplest, but coolest shoes because like one of my favorite creative people in the world. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, um, so my, uh, I think like my like real, I don't know, like significance, like shifting point kind of situation. Like once I started working, I knew I was going to spend my money on sneakers. Like it was, I was spending my money on sneakers and subwoofers. Like <laughs> I was buying car stuff. Like, I, I mean, like, you know, you've probably heard this before if you listen to the pod, but like, you know, I bought my first car at like 13 years old. You know, I, I like worked a lot as a young kid and like sneakers specifically. I wanted the go, the ergo LWPs. Mm -hmm. That was the shoe for me. Like it was like the most beautiful, like still to this day, it's, it's like gotta be top 10 shoes ever for me, but I couldn't afford it. And they were sold out of my size. It was like, you know, like I was wearing a 13, from a very young age anyway. So like, this is probably, you know, like maybe freshman year, mm -hmm. freshman, sophomore year, somewhere in there, um, right around 15, probably. And I'd been working like two jobs through the summer. Cause I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a pair of these shoes. And I ended up buying the air Lombaste, which is basically the takedown version of the go LWP, but it's a low top. But the cool thing about that is those were actually on sale. I think I paid like either 49 or $59 for them. And I was saving for the, the LWP, which is like 130 retail. So I had like another third, another like 50 bucks to spend. And I ended up buying like a Nike. Uh, it was like air go on the front air gone on the back t-shirt white with the Royal blue. I ended up getting like black with blue swoosh socks to go with Dang. it. Got some basketball shorts. Like it was the first time I ever bought like an entire head to toe outfit. And at that moment, you know, it was like, of course I bought them before we went back to school, but like that entire summer, I probably wore it every day or every other day. It was like, you know, like I was just so obsessed with that outfit that like, I literally was like, I'm just going to wear this all the time. Same thing all the time. And that shoe is still like kind of the, the one that I would love to get back. You know, like I, I don't have like, I've, I've looked for the retros, you know, or I mean for the, for the, you know, kind of like eBay uh, listings and stuff, but you don't really see them too often. Um, you know, like Andrew sneakers preservation society is was, he was able to find me the, the, uh, Lombaste two, which I never had as a, as a kid, but I'm still kind of on the hunt for that one shoe. It's like the one memory that I would like to be able to kind of revisit. Cause when the LWP retro, I grabbed a bunch of those. It was just like, no brainer. I need to have these, even if I don't wear them as much now, cause I'm lazy, but <laughs> It's one of those things where like, it's such a significant point. And so I guess to like kind of wrap on this conversation, I'm really curious, like, it sounds like it's, it's all that like point of like starting to make enough of your own money to go and make those purchases. Right. Like, is that what kind of we're thinking? 
Yeah. Yes. Sounds I about mean, right. Because <laughs> I know when I started making I, money, I was like, oh, crap. I invested too much money in shoes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely hit that moment in life, right? But yeah, it's exactly so, that. So for kids, is it that's is it still that same thing? Like, is it is that yeah. you know, like to Robbie's point, right? Kids now are you know, parents are the ones are they already think? Oh, we got to keep the kids fresh. I mean, look, I don't even have kids, and I have an entire kids collection ready for the kids if they ever come. So There's like, women out here who is waiting to dress their two year olds like the men that left them. Jordan's oh. Jordan still up to the hat. Well, to a degree, because <laughs> my son, he like my two daughters, they can give, you know, two crafts because they're one in like three months, four months. So they don't know what's going on. But my son it's, it's kind of a, I, I found a middle ground because I had to stop myself because what I look like buying him fire red threes. He's going to grow out of him in like three weeks and he's going to bust them, you know, straight to hell. So I was like, we found a middle ground. So I will go in. It's like, all right, what's some of like the. Like you did with the Lambaste, it's like, let me find kind of the takedown model. It looks still dope. Not going to spend as much where you go ahead and blow them out and we'll just gradually work. So usually towards the end of the school year, it's kind of a flip because I know, hey, if he get this first pair of shoes he's gotten already is a pair of Adidas. He's already blown through them. He's got a pair of New Balances that's about to probably get it next. And usually as the year goes on, when he has more beaters, we'll get him something nicer because it'll sustain longer because, oh, I want to go play outside. Cool. Wear these. Not these, please. And they're so expensive. Like they're still like a hundred. They're like a hundred bucks for his size. He wears a twelve, and like the, the little kid, twelve. Yeah, I mean, oh, Mike. Crazy. I'll tell you what. I I was fortunate enough that I never thought about buying sneakers. It was just something my folks always kind of took care of. Mm-hmm. But becoming an adult, moving to Oregon, working at Nike, getting that fifty percent discount. That's when I got conscious, and that's when you would go on these J.R. Smith esque shooting streaks of let me go ahead and get four sneakers today let me make up for lost time i've been there but yeah (laughs) but then to your point as well mike it's you have that kid and alluding to the conversation that robbie has so eloquently put earlier in this episode of like it's all just going to come back because we are digging our own grave it's just how quickly are we digging and how deep is that hole because Our blackmail is our passion, and that's what the smart kids are going to do. I hope my kid doesn't like sneakers, and I hope that my kid is much more well-adjusted in that regard. And maybe the strategy is what my folks said, where it's like, let me take care of the sneakers. You figure everything else out. I'll get you sneakers and be like, all right, it is pay less until you are 14. Until someone says something. It's going to be one comment a kid makes to him. It's like, "Ah, here we go. And I I ask my child this, introduce me to that kid. (laughs) Because I will... Yeah, I am not above co-parenting in that regard. Yo, I'm with you. I got you on that. We will handle that. Popular culture. That's our podcast, and it's the name of our child beating space. Sorry, gang in the streets. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff Galuli. Robbie and I just silently thinking, man, it's nice to not have to spend money on kids. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, but that's the thing, right? Like, Mike is blessed with two of the most beautiful baby girls. I've got one of my own. They have not even reached 18 months. And we're already like, what the hell are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, uh, I, in a way, maybe like I'm subconsciously trying to get like one last hurrah in because the minute I see that kid walking and needing shoes full time, then it's like, okay, goodbye. Goodbye, cruel. Yo, world. wonder why I'm pumping no out these more YouTube double videos. Jordan I'm trying purchases. to get paid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying why to... do you think I keep scheduling book interviews? It's like, trying to get deals out of the... you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. All three of my kids, I'm like, look, what can we do? 
to make you like, I'm gonna get y'all a deal so they can provide you with shoes. I can't afford y'all. Like, I'm just ain't gonna lie to you. Like, shoes cost too much. And I like them too, so we're up a creek. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is yeah. right near my laptop because anytime I want to make an impulse purchase, I have to literally put my hand over this mouse pad and be like, nope, can't do it. Happened to me this, this morning. I was down. like, don't do it. This is the new thing. Stand down. <laughs> See, I make those bathroom purchases. I'm like in a bathroom. You know, you play on your phone. I'm like, oh, okay. Wait a second. This shouldn't be happening right now. <laughs> no, and then I look down and I realize the ugliness that's coming out of me and that prevents me from doing it. Because this is the beauty that came out of me in a sense, and that is the ugliness. On that oh, note, man. I don't want to talk about pizza On now, that but note, I think... Yeah, let's talk. Papa Murphy's. <laughs> hey, it has been awesome to catch up with you guys again. It's been way too long to have the group together, so right? I'm super stoked to have us all. Um, one of the things that I wanted to start up kind of uh, as some fun to the end of our episodes is ask some questions. So we were talking about this before the episode started. And today I pose the question to the three of you and to our listening audience and to our viewers on YouTube that have hit subscribe in the time that you've watched this video. Thank Thank you very much. How do you feel about take and bake pizza? I don't want to pick on Papa Murphy's. I'm picking on specifically. Him. <laughs> okay. okay. Glo- glo- gloves are off. <laughs> No sponsorship. I'm sorry, but uh, you—that th- is the Here's ultimate the hustle. Like, I just, if I want to go take and bake, I'll go to my local grocery store and get a frozen pizza. They, they literally that charge you awful, for the work. Though. They can, but it's the same thing. Like, okay, it's not so the I, same well, thing. Well, Nick, you know HEB. You, you've been to Texas. You, oh yeah. So oh, they yeah. have a pizza that they do in their deli. It is the take and bake. It is like five between five and ten dollars, whatever size you get. I'm going to go do that. I'm not going to Papa Murphy's. I've done that once in college. I was really upset because I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm like, oh, look, pizza. Oh, wait. No, this isn't what I want. Why am I going to work? I don't. <sighs> Here's just, the I thing. I just don't understand. With, with Papa Murphy's, what works for me in terms of not frequenting that chain is their pizza ideas are atrocious. Like, what the <laughs> hell is a cowboy pizza? Like, that doesn't sound desirable. It's a classic Second pizza. It's all, like. It's everything. <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> mushrooms, I wish, I wish olives, I uh, peppers, sauces, Salsa, pepperoni, frijoles. I was like, I didn't know cowboys. No, I mean, that all, that all, this is just making all, me hungry. I don't hungry. like Papa Murphy heat shaming <laughs> themselves by saying, you know what? We've done 70% of the work. Why don't you go ahead and just do this? Because, you know, we're just trying to keep the lights on. That's and the thing, worst and we don't part. Need <laughs> So, so that's 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 my argument against Papa Murphy's, right? Like the price is not low enough to justify me having to heat up the house by cooking it. <laughs> and maybe this is just a California problem, right? Like I'm trying to keep the house like cool inside. It's still like eighty something degrees outside here, so there's no room for me here. to be like four hundred degrees for thirty minutes. No, like no, no, no. With email Absolutely. coupon, was, which I'm a member here. of. With email coupon, which I'm a member of, I got 30% off my order for $18. Got a big thing of cheese bread that's like this big. And I didn't even want it tonight. I'm going to make that probably Saturday (laughs) night or Friday night. So I have a whole meal that I get to control its level of freshness and a large pizza. I got extra large. It's a huge pizza for 18 bucks. So that's is it that hard to turn the oven on? Like, I, I get, I get your point bucks. of work. Yes, yes, you, know what, is, you know what the yes, work is? is? You know what Costco's the work is? You know what the work is? Watch it. No, you literally push a button, it's go back to the couch. Pizzas. 
<laughs> no, okay. Uh, Look, here's my argument. Even though it's not the best pizza in the world, but my argument will be this. Little Caesars, I can go get a $6 pepperoni pizza, $3 breadsticks. I came out on top. I had to cook anything. It's not as good. I, I, maybe. But at least I didn't have to go do anything. <laughs> Listeners, if there is a Papa Murphy right next to a Little Caesars, Slap I want em. you to go into the Little Caesars, <laughs> purchase that hot and ready $6 pizza, turn 90 degrees to the Papa Murphy's, and just start eating it. Because you can. Because we warmed it up for you. Papa Murphy's is broke ass. Can't do that. They can afford ovens. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I love Papa Murphy. Now I just. Uh, I mean, we've we've like the ten dollar Costco pizza has been like a like a, an actual crutch for me over the past few months because I'm I've become so lazy when it comes to these types of things. But I got to give Robbie props here because the thirty percent off coupon and being the being in that member flow, like I didn't I didn't take that into consideration before we started this conversation. Coupons, baby. I still don't want to turn wait, on the oven. Wait, wait, wait. Was eighteen least, full price? At least or it cuts off price? the money. That was the coupon price. Oh my god! <laughs> I have enough food for I have enough food to to feed four people twice. It's like a shit ton of food. So like you laugh, but I mean, I'm multiple just, meals. You are now keeping me from eating more of it. Pizza. So let's go ahead and wrap this subject. <laughs> that's my like, goal now. I'm just keeping it going as long as possible. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to spite all two pizzas that you're about to cook, Robbie. Just stack them on this. top of each other, call it Papa Murphy's calzone, and call it a day. That's what just leave, so it's going to be delicious. <laughs> and wrap this up. And, and here's the thing. He's going to be the happy one because he has pizza in his system. We're all just various exactly. degrees of hangry. Yep. So I mean, really, I had Robbie, yep. exactly. it's 10 o'clock here, so I ate already. So. Okay. <laughs> Cool story. Wow. All right, you can find me at R A H V E E seven zero two. I am <laughs> crying now. No, you can find me on Instagram point. at Papa Murphy's. Seven, no, you can find me on Instagram at Road M thirteen. Twitter at Rohezy. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Madwatcher seven eight nine. You can see me on YouTube at Mike Giller, where I'll review my next shoe at Papa Murphy's while eating Little Caesars. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way sorry, Nick, Nick, before, before to cut you off, if any of you disagree with any of my opinions or any of that of our co-hosts, you can also hit us up at our Twitter account, T Yeezy one. T Yeezy F one. Unwanted Twitters. Uh, you can catch me at Nick Ingvall on the platforms, but make sure that you follow the at sneaker history on all the platforms and hit that subscribe button on YouTube for us. Hit the first link in the description wherever you're taking this in and join us on the Discord. Bunch of great people in there. We have some really fun times. Trivia night coming oh up. Oh my God, stop talking. Community Nick. call coming up. Talk <laughs> to you guys kidding. later. <laughs> Peace. Thank you, Papa Murphy. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.